everyone. Welcome to the first ever professional wrestling podcast of all time. This is Owen, and I'm here with John, and this is the, what are we calling ourselves, John? Uh, Victory Corner, I believe. Victory Corner. It's a brand new professional po- professional wrestling podcast, John, because why not, right? They, they, the world needs more. Uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm excited to, to sit down with you, John, because I've always enjoyed not just talking about wrestling with you, but you have a passion for certain time periods that are before my time that you have just a wealth of knowledge about. And, and we're going to talk about all sorts of stuff, but like some of the first things I wanted to watch with you and talk with you about is like your favorite wrestling. So uh, that's like, and I think the match we're doing tonight, is it like your favorite match of all time? It's at certain points it is. It's definitely in my, in my top, top five, top top definitely top 10 probably top five and at, at certain points my one of my favorite matches okay. yes and so we we've been talking about doing this forever right um and t- today i i texted you like at like six tonight i was like john we need a name and, <laughs> and i was like john what just throw out some early 80s wwf references and you, you only threw out one, but I think we both really like it. Uh, so what was so you already said it, Victory Corner. So tell me more about the, the this reference, Victory Corner. Uh, I Victory Corner was uh, it was on a little WWF TV. Uh, I think eighty eighty three to very early eighty four. Uh, post post Buddy Rogers Corner, pre Piper's Pit. It was a okay. uh, sort of a vehicle for their the WWF magazine which before it was WWF magazine it was Victory magazine so they had a very awkward man Robert DeBoard was the host and he would <laughs> DeBoard he would have like Robert D E capital B O R O A R D that's how I Yeah like 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 De Niro but DeBoard okay and he's a very very awkward guy and unusual choice for a, a host and he would have everyone on from gorilla monsoon to sergeant slaughter vince mcmahon himself and uh and i think roddy piper was the final guest on victory corner and he sort of kicked robert DeBoard off the show and <laughs> did that lead to the birth of piper's pit yeah yeah oh, that, that, okay. that was the transition yeah wow so i mean this is fascinating i'm already learning stuff from you john um <laughs> So Victory Sports was the WWF magazine prior, like it was the predecessor to the, the shiny, glossy WWF magazine. Is that right? It was, it was shiny and glossy also. But it, yeah, it was Vict- Victory magazine. There were two issues. The first one had Snooka on the cover. second had Sergeant Slaughter on the cover. Okay. Sergeant Slaughter riding, on, riding in a tank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So speaking issue. of Sarge, where that's that he's the one of the characters we'll be talking about here tonight. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, May fourth, nineteen eighty one. This is the match. The the uh, alley fight. The alley fight yeah. between Sergeant Slaughter and Pat Patterson. Um, yeah, you've talked this match up for a long time, 
And I, I, I think you sent me the link a long time ago, but I don't think I ever watched it. So uh, I'm happy, looking, looking forward to talking about it here tonight. Um, so this is this your first podcast, John, you've ever done? Like, hosted, co-hosted? Yes, absolutely. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, me too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> me too. Uh, the, the Old School Wrestling Podcasts have generously let me rent out their studio. Here tonight uh, it's, it's, and, a, it's uh, a lovely lovely space yeah it, they're not cheap though so well uh i don't know if we can go the eight hours like uh, some of the other podcasts go in the pro wrestling Ooh. podcast industry but um i don't know if we can afford that john but uh but the, the rates that black hat and dre are charging me for this space but so. we'll see we'll see um do they accept paypal credit <laughs> i don't know i don't know dre is pretty pretty uh, uptight about those sort of things so uh he demanded cash uh, oh. in a briefcase no that, wow that was the only form of payment dre would take no venmo for dre no no i i, I actually not too long ago learned about venmo from uh, a babysitter she was like uh, i accept venmo i was like what Are you, what is venmo it's like paypal for for kids for kids <laughs> so the kid, kids love venmo um, I, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So yeah, we're going to talk about that match. And then like, I think one of the things I want to do is like ask you about like your eBay purchases that you, oh, good. you're doing so that you've, you've done recently. So maybe we'll talk about that after, uh, we, we talk about this match. So, so th- this match, Sergeant Slaughter, Pat Patterson, it's, it's a pretty famous match. Like as far as WBF history goes, right? I think so. Yeah, it's generally regarded as it's unfortunately it, it gets lumped in as like you know the the godfather of hardcore wrestling, which sort of pigeonholes it as in a, in that in that category. And I, I think it's I think it's so much more than that. I think it's it's a, a lot of it the the build up, the angles leading up to it are you know it's it's. There wasn't a lot of that in the WWF. They, if you watch any of the TV that's on the network from you know seventy nine to eighty one, you'll see that there's there's not they were not an angle heavy territory. Okay. During this era at all, but when they did do angles, they more often than not were well executed and and worked. And this one did. And it's a very it's if we talk about it, you will lose it's almost a, it's like a Memphis type angle in in the WWF, which is really interesting. And there's a lot of Memphis that I see in this more than okay hardcore wrestling per se. Sure. So I have no idea what the set, the build for this was. So this is '81. How long was this build up? Like how long did they build this feud up before they? This was the blow off, right? This is the big. This is the final battle, right? Well, it was the blow off in terms of uh, them in Madison Square Garden. Okay. They and this was May, and they were still doing this at house shows at the at actual alley fight. I think until August. So they, they got a lot of a lot of lot of a lot of mileage out of this feud. Okay. And they were doing like crazy double stretcher job finishes just random house shows in Massachusetts. So 
Um, but as far as it being a blow off in the garden, yes. So as far as like WWF continuity at this time, the blow off in the garden, like as far as what was on TV, is, is that essentially the end of the story? Like yes. As far as what you're watching week to week. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. So when, like, what was the beginning of the Sarge Patterson feud? Uh, I think it's early 81, probably January. Uh, it was after a match, um, and Vince McMahon is interviewing Sergeant Slaughter and the Grand Wizard, and they offer $5,000 to anyone who can break the Cobra Clutch. Uh, and of all people, Jim Duggan comes out. What? Seriously? Yep, Jim Duggan. Wow. This is, I mean, he's he's a low, lower okay. lower card guy at this point. He's not okay. hacksaw yet, but he, he comes yeah. out and, and fails. He's unable to break the Cobra Clutch. Uh, and this uh, Cobra Clutch challenge continues, and about a month later, uh, Pat Patterson, who is on commentary uh, with Vince yeah. during this time, interviews Sarge after a match, and Slaughter offers Patterson ten grand to break the Cobra Clutch. Okay, twice the normal amount. Oh. Uh, and Patterson politely declines, but says he will accept when he's ready. He's he's got to study the hold. <laughs> so, so I, and I love uh, just the visual of that. From, I always love hearing Patterson. So if you're studying the Cobra Clutch, like, are you looking <laughs> for ways to like slide out of it? Uh, I just I, I just imagine Patterson at home with you know like a chalkboard and all like sorts of a grass giant old. VCR, <laughs> like a giant early '80s VCR. Yeah. Um, and so Pat Patterson declines politely, and they go their own way. Um, and so Slaughter's still doing this Cobra Clutch challenge around the horn with at house shows. Uh, you know, if he wrestles Tony Gurria, before he wrestles Tony Gurria, they'll do the Cobra Clutch challenge, and he won't be able to break it. Now, did uh, the Cobra Clutch challenge was it pretty hot with the crowd? Like would, would yeah. they would would they really get like get behind it? Yeah, um, and Slaughter would do this whole thing. Like it wasn't just he would he wouldn't just go up behind you and put you in the Cobra Clutch. Like they had would usually have the chair thing, like one of the old wooden chairs in the ring. Yeah, and, and the the guy you'd sit down in the chair. And uh, did Slaughter they ever have that. like fans like come in come into the ring and do it? Not that I've ever seen, no. Not on not on TV. Okay. There, uh, I, I totally forget like who it was, but there's a story like on the Six O Five Super Podcast about some guy in like the South, some wrestler that did one of these challenges, and a fan like broke the hold or something like that. Oh yeah, Bob Roop and the uh, Bob oh, yeah. Roop and Warren Harding, the Sugar Hold Challenge. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, I've never yeah. seen it, but uh, you know, apparently it like uh, all the boys or whatever, you know. Like, like the, uh, uh, ask this guy. Cause like, he'll go to, he goes to like conventions. It doesn't like him and Bob Roop do like Q and A's about this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So no fan, no, uh, uh, nobody did the Bob Roop to, 
Sergeant Slaughter. No, it was it was just just wrestlers, is is okay. at least on on TV. Okay. Uh, and it's interesting too. Like even Slaughter is having matches with uh, Backlund all around the horn at this time too, and uh, Backlund will actually do this before his matches with Sarge. Like he'll Sarge will get him in the Cobra clutch and he will not be able to break it, which is pretty exciting. If you're seeing if you're at a house show in 1981 and this is happening and you you, you may think you're going to see a title change that night. So that's very interesting that I think Backlund would do that to put the, put the holdover so strong. Um, So 81, were you going to WWF house shows at this point? No, I was about a year before. Okay. I think it was like mid-82, if I trying to figure out exactly when I first started watching. I think it was like mid-82. Okay. So, so 81, you actually were not watching at that time. No. Okay. I think that's, and that's, I think that's a large reason. It's a huge reason why I love this match so much, because it's right before... Uh, I started watching wrestling, and I even then heard so much about it. And being able to find it took years and years and years. Yeah, yeah. So, so did you hear about it in, like, 82 from, like, kids or whatever? Or did you not uh, hear about it until, like, the internet later on? No, no, I heard about it, like, 83, 84. Okay. Um, so were you, like, at school and somebody told you about this? No, it was like, it was like an old... Um, how the old uh, after mags like Inside Wrestling? Oh, okay, okay. Are, are, uh, they'd have the back issues that you could get. Were there any good of, pictures in the like Inside Wrestling of this match of like the blood all over Serge's face? There wasn't a lot of color ones, but there was one that was backstage uh, in the locker room after the match, and it is gruesome. Do you have this, do you have a copy of this? I have a copy of the black and white one. Yeah, I've always wanted yeah. to find one in color, but he's just like covered, and he's wearing like the white, the white top. So then it's all uh, it's disgusting and great. Okay, well that might be like the cover art for this podcast. <laughs> so when we're done here, I need you to take a picture of it and send it to me. <laughs> we'll do. Okay, I can't wait to see that because um, the blood in this match was amazing. So. Um, all right, so you, t- you told me sort of the the kickoff of this feud. You know, what was, like, the buildup of this that led to this? Just what led to the fact that these two were having an alley fight in Madison Square Garden? So you go, it's about, <clears throat> excuse me, about a month later. Like, it's so like February, late February, March. Late, late February. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter had, has Rick McGraw. Quick draw, Rick McGraw, and they're doing the Cobra Clutch Challenge, uh, and McGraw lasts considerably longer than most of the other challenges, and almost breaks the hold, but not quite. Um, and uh, Slaughter challenges Patterson again. Patterson ignores him, uh, and then later, in that same, I think it's the same TV taping, but it would actually air a week later. Uh, He's going to do the Cobra Clutch Challenge with the Black Demon, a masked wrestler. Oh, no. Uh, and so is Black Demon new to the territory, or do we know Black Demon? 
Black Demon was a guy, uh, Don Serrano, I think was his okay. name. Well, and so, just, like, I, like, like I said earlier, totally unfamiliar with this time period, so I'm thinking, is it Pat Patterson under a mask? Like, <laughs> Don Serrano was a guy, or the Black Demon, actually, um, probably most well-known for... He's on one of those early Coliseum videotapes, and he's, he's wrestling Andre, and Andre puts him in a headlock and hip tosses him and his mask comes off and he runs into the back. Oh no. Covering his face. And that's, that's the shame, the shame of the black demon. Um, so he's, he's sitting down, he's getting ready to get put in the Cobra clutch. And Sarge is like, he would do this thing where he sort of like massages the guy's neck before he puts the Cobra clutch on. So he's massaging the black demon and he just gets up and leaves <laughs> wait hold on he was massaging the black demon and he would do this before every every one of these challenge things he was sort of like massage the neck like prep it it was very weird so sergeant slaughter would do this yes that to was part his of the potential victim to the victims yes who would just sit there and let this happen what yes. is he doing though it was, it's kayfabe, sort of like, so I'm trying to understand kayfabe. What is happening? Mm-hmm. Why is he? It seems like he wouldn't. He wouldn't want to warm up the muscle of his opponent. That's an excellent point. I don't know. I don't know if it's a visual thing. Maybe. <laughs> it also seems quite creepy as well. It it is creepy, and it, it's almost like he's a chef. Okay. Like, like tenderizing, tenderizing, tenderizing the meat. Yeah. Okay. Like with a, one of those weird hammers with the. Uh, was there lotion involved? There's no lotion. Not that creepy. Oh, okay, that's good. That's Not good. that creepy. Okay. But the the uh, so the the black demon just runs away, probably because this is so creepy. Even to someone <laughs> named even to someone named the black demon. Okay. This crossed this crossed the line. Yeah. Uh, so slaughter comes out of the ring, and Pat Patterson goes over to interview him. Uh, Slaughter's like the demon is yellow. So are you, Patterson. Uh, okay. They're going back and forth. I want to pause you here for a moment. So just in the broadest sense possible, Pat Patterson career-wise, put some frame of reference here for me. He's an announcer now. How long ago was he an active competitor in WWF? Well, this, is, this is what's fascinating to me. Like At this point, um, Pat Patterson has been wrestling for 20 21 years 22 years or something yeah he debuted in the late 50s i think so this is this is the end of his career um and he was was actually for all intents and purposes retired um he'd been in the wwf since 79 came in as a heel managed by the grand wizard and he was you know the inaugural and a continental champ See, I think uh, uh, we're going to need to do a show where you just talk to me about the Grand Wizard. Oh, he's my favorite. Okay, we'll save some of that for another show. Okay. Let's just do that sometime, just talk about the Grand Wizard, and you can educate me on the Grand Wizard. So, he came in with Pat Patterson. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, or Patterson came in with the Wizard. Or the Wizard was always around, but yeah. he was introduced as being with Patterson. Uh and eventually, uh, the Grand Wizard 
tries to sell Pat Patterson's contract to Lou Albano for $100,000 or something ridiculous, I think. Uh, and Patterson does not want to go with Albano. That's a lot of money in, like, 1979. It's a lot of 1979, 1980 money. Okay. Um, my, my frame of reference for, like, 1979 New York City is entirely based on the HBO series The Deuce. That's what <laughs> I... Uh, have you seen this show at all? I, I have not seen The Deuce. Okay. Is it on HBO? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a story about, like, the sex industry in New York City. First se- season was, like... 1970, 1971, I think, and then season two, which is what they're doing now, is 1978. So ah. when we talk about like 1979, WWF, and going to like Madison Square Garden, I'm picturing the streets just like in the Deuce with like prostitutes and sex, uh, you know, shops everywhere and all that sort of thing. That's that's the visual that I have. That's that's why I love. 1970s Madison Square Garden cards. <laughs> I imagine the same thing. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to, to, to digress there. So, no, 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 no. no. Uh, what were we talking about? We were talking about Patterson and where Patterson. he was in his career. And so he didn't want to go with Albano. Um, so there's some, some sort of uh, thing between him and Albano, and the Simones attack Patterson, essentially turning Patterson babyface. So yeah. he becomes the babyface hero. And he had the IC belt, I think, until 1980, until Patera beat him for it. Okay. And then he was more or less on just doing the announcing with Vince, occasionally wrestling here and there, but mostly yeah. announcing. Great, great combination. Transitioning. I love all of Vince's weird... <laughs> <laughs> well, weird. so like if you think of like Vince's delivery then and like the even that short clip he sent me of Victory Corner, like <laughs> Vince McMahon and the you know senior or whatever were so much trying to replicate like Howard Cosell. Yes. And that whole like ABC Sports vibe. I mean, yeah. am I am I right? Like the No, his Vince's delivery um, everything, even down to the jackets, like they had the yellow jackets, just yeah. like they had on the wide world of sports. Yeah. Um, but I, I love Vince and Pat together. I thought they were a great, a great combo. Um, but that, that's where Pat was. Pat was essentially, you know, his career was winding down at this point. Yeah. So that um, takes us back to where, uh, Pat and Sarge are talking after that, that, Cobra Clutch Challenge, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, so we are. Oh, uh, yeah, Black Demon. The Black Demon is yellow. Says the Sarge. Okay. Uh, and I think Sarge eventually they're yelling back and forth. Slaughter slaps him, uh, and Patterson eventually accepts to do the the challenge. So now I looked. I was, I was trying to find a picture of the Black Demon and Sergeant Slaughter, and I can't. There's no pictures of the Black Demon on the internet. Hmm. That's odd. This I know this uh, this particular angle was on the old WWE 24/7. Yeah. Well, here's a match between Jimmy Snuka and the Black Demon. Oh. From. 
Probably eighty two. I don't know. Uh, it looks. Oh, I don't know if this is the same black demon or not. <laughs> it's got like a red mask, like a black and red mask. Hmm. This is, is definitely of... like eighty six. Oh wow! So, this is probably a different black demon. <laughs> black demon three or four. Is he a chubby black demon? Yes. Hmm. It might be him. Okay. Black demon loves nachos and cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> just because he's 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 overweight is that why you say that or is there a story behind that yeah no okay he's okay little, i didn't know if like there was a story about him like uh eating lots of nachos or something like that no he's just a little not he's, he's not heavy for a regular a regular person for sure a wrestler, sure for sure, a sure. Okay. i don't want to body shame the black demon <laughs> he's very um, sad right now john yeah Sorry, demon. He's he's probably listening to this as we as we speak. Yeah. Okay, so he's yellow. He'll never steal anything about yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. He's too scared. Uh, the so Patterson accepts the challenge. Uh, so they, he does a thing. He's sitting on the chair. Slaughter is giving him the massage. Uh, gets him in the coke clutch, <laughs> and there, you know, Patterson's making a, a really good go of it. He does. Uh, and, and he does this cool sort of escape tactic. That's sort of sort of like the thing that Bret Hart would do later. So where this he's, is Patterson. So he escapes yeah. the Cobra Clutch. No, oh. but this is a great attempt. Okay. Escape. Okay. He sort of does the thing that Bret Hart would do, where yeah, uh, you run into the corner and like sort of run up the turnbuckles. Oh yeah, I can kick, see. I can see that. And kick back out. He tried that, didn't get it. But the Sarge kept it locked in. Kept it locked in. Okay. Um, and eventually Sarge lets lets go and just clocks him with a chair. Uh, and Patterson's bleeding all over the place. Okay. So now we uh, have a blood feud. Yes, a blood feud. And I remember this from the WWE 24-7 footage because they, they edit out the blood. Oh, did they? They didn't cut. like. Sometimes they'll like make it black and white. Yeah, I don't know what they and they just cut to the crowd, and instead of it actually being the crowd, it was sort of just a, sl- a awkward slow motion shot from the crowd. Yeah, that just lasted for about thirty seconds. So the other thing I like, um, I think they did this with Brutus Beefcake. They just put a giant red X on the screen. Oh, I love the, the red X. Yeah, I do, do you know if they? Do you remember them using that at any other time? Yes, they would always do it for. Um, there was a guy in the seventies, the Wolfman. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. And it was he was supposed to be eating guys' faces because he was <laughs> the Wolfman. Okay. Uh, and so, what, was there blood involved? I don't know. Okay. You're you're left to believe there's blood. Okay. Well, yeah, um, you don't know because the red X is on the screen. Yeah. It was a huge red X. It, was, it wasn't just like over the affected area. It was the entire screen is a big, big red X. Um, That's a pretty effective way like to censor it. Like I feel like it, if you're a kid and it's like 1978, you're like, yeah. oh, my God, like there's blood everywhere, but I can't see it. Like that's pretty enticing. What's also really interesting, too, I, I remember this specifically with another time they used it was the uh, Jimmy Snuka 
Ray Stevens pile driver outside mm-hmm. the ring where Snuka was bleeding all over the place. And on the early show, um, All Star Wrestling, that yeah. was on Saturday morning, Big Red X. Yeah. But on the midnight show, Championship Wrestling. Oh, they showed it? They showed it. Oh, so. shit. Yeah, so that that was that was cool. I thought so. That was always incentive to stay up, even if they aired. So championship wrestling. So, what year was that approximately? That was eighty early eighty three, I think. Is like the street cleaner going by your window outside? I hear beeping. Oh, the beeping. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's a, that's an ambulance. Oh, okay. It's, it's very exciting to me to be recording a podcast with someone in. The, the New York City. <laughs> All area. sorts of strange, strange noises. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there was like a late night WWF show at that time that would yeah. show blood. That's fascinating. Yeah, believe it or not. Like, Are there other examples of things like that where like you could see more like bloody, violent stuff? That's the only one that I remember from that time. I'm sure there was stuff earlier from before my time. Um, Blackjack Mulligan was another one who got the big, the big red X when he would uh, do his, do his claw finisher. Yeah. He'd get the big red X. Okay. But the big red X was really effective because it really, a move like the claw, which may not look like much, Especially because it's some, not really, yeah. Especially when someone like Black Jack Mulligan, like nineteen eighty two Black Jack Mulligan, yeah. like he's not, you know. Um, but the big, big red X, you're like, oh my god, what's going on? Right. You got to see what's happening here. Um, um, I think for like, so the equivalent of this for me for my peak time would have been like Dusty's Eye, and I think they like pixelated it. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So like instead of like an X, they sort of they censored it with that like weird pixelation effect mid-atlantic would do that they would sort of uh for abdullah whenever abdullah would come on and hack guys up they would do that sort of like <laughs> that pixelation weird, that there's that weird arty yeah like they invert the colors and <laughs> so you can it they, they, they would do it also just coming in and out of commercials randomly yeah it's just like a weird like arty effect okay um but they would do that when Abdullah would come in and rip up Wahoo McDaniel's forehead or whatever. Oh, well, it didn't take much to get Wahoo to bleed. Like, no, 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 no. Windy day. That scar tissue breaks. Bleep. <laughs> He's just like, oh, shit. He carries around a box of Band-Aids <laughs> in his pocket. Cornette has told that story about some commissioned doctor. Athletic Commission doctor <laughs> shutting down a show because of Wahoo bleeding all over the place when they weren't supposed to bleed, and like Wahoo actually got part of a razor, yeah, like like stuck. Oh Christ! Oh my God! Like, like stuck in his forehead. <laughs> That's like, probably one of the most disgusting things I've ever heard about wrestling. Yeah, it's I get like I it broke off of the blade. Yeah, like the corner. Like oh I guess the guy don't. Like, I guess a lot of the guys, will, they won't have, like, an entire razor blade. They'll just have, like, a... Oh, yeah. The corner or whatever. Just, you know, and that like, was under just, the like, tape on their hand or their wrist? Yeah, and that was okay. just stuck in his, stuck in his head. Ugh. Sorry to expose the secrets of pro wrestling to everyone listening yeah. to this podcast. Um, no. 
I guess if we post this somewhere that has the ability to put comments, if, I, if, if anyone listening has memories of, like, other ways blood and violence was censored, I would like to know. This is a fascinating topic to me. Um, like, I think I mentioned, like, one of the things I've seen, like, with that, that whole Becky Lynch thing uh, last month, like, they made the screen black and white. Like, that's how they hmm. handled the blood in 2018. Because I guess that's less traumatic to... I guess. Like, an 11-year-old? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess. It didn't go black and white live, did it? No. I'm just just, just maybe a little replay I think, because, like... I, I, don't, I wasn't watching it live. I watched it on YouTube, like the WWE YouTube clip, and I think that's where I saw it in black and white. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, they'll do they'll do that before when they do the little packages before the, uh, the pay per views and they do the, the recaps and they yeah. yeah. Okay, so Sarge attacked Patterson from behind. Do we go from this directly to? the Madison Square Garden match, or do we have some stuff in between? Um, some stuff in between. Um, let's see, March. March, what's the date? I got the date here. March now, 16th. My, my understanding of, like, the way Madison Square Garden um, programs went was there's usually, like, three to four matches that lead to, like, the big match. Is, like, um, is that how this, this feud sort of worked? That, uh, I think this, these guys had... Yeah, two matches, three sort of incidents at the garden. Okay. Um, but yeah, most 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 feuds, uh, like a Bruno or a Backlund feud. And yeah, feud. that's the format I'm thinking of. Is like the Bruno format where there's like maybe a countout, something like that, and then there's the big blow off mat, like cage match with Bruno or whatever for the title. Yeah, you depending depending on the the viability of the challenger. Some guys were one and dones, but if it was a good, a guy who could, you know, you'd have a good match with and draw a good house, they'd probably do one match where the first one, like Bruno or Backlund gets counted out. Second one, they'd probably do like a blood stop lossage or a double DQ or something. And then the third one, you know, Bruno or Backlund wins. Okay. Um, and, is it March March sixteenth, the Garden? Uh, main event is Stan Hansen, Bob Backlund, and before the match, Pat Patterson just comes into the ring. Comes into the ring, grabs the mic from Howard Finkel, and challenges Sergeant Slaughter. Okay. To a match like that night. That night, March sixteenth, nineteen eighty one. Okay. And Slaughter Slaughter was actually on this card too. Slaughter wrestled uh, uh, Andre Andre the Giant, and uh, I think it was a DQ finish. Like Slaughter grabbed the ref or something, but they were they were both. Uh, Slaughter was on the card. Patterson did not wrestle. Just came out in his in his street clothes and issued the challenge. Um, a couple of weeks later, they had their first match. At a half show, uh, Springfield Mass, Patterson wins it decisively, like a, a pinfall victory, which is sort of odd. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they have their first MSG match, April 6th, uh, double DQ. Uh, okay. That match is on the uh, 
is on the network. On the, April on the, uh, April sixth, nineteen eighty one. Eighty one. Okay, yeah, that's on the network. Um, it's it's great to see it in such good quality. It's a double DQ finish. How does like that the, match compare to what we're watching tonight? Obviously, I'm sure not as good, but is it worth going back and watching? Absolutely. Um, okay. I I would watch them. Watch them in in that order because it's. Uh, so the 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 April match and then the May. Yeah, because okay. you, you can you can you'll. It shows how smart that how smart these guys are and in the way they lay out the match and the, the stuff they do and more importantly the stuff that they don't do. Yeah. In the first match, like they that they that they do in the second match, and it's very effective in terms of building the feud and yeah, yeah. and, and uh, making the second one better than the, the first one but without having the first one be a, a total total stinker okay uh, where on the card are these guys is this match is this like main event or is this uh, you know second from the top uh, like is there a WWF title match on these on these on these cards? Let's see the uh, it made fourth. What's our main event? Oh boy, yeah, we've got a backland Mosca on May fourth. Okay, because like I mean, I imagine that the 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 alley fight far hotter of a match than the WWF title match. Yes, on this night, yes. Um, and what the, what they would do also um, a lot of times the title matches. Uh, for both Bruno and Backlund, uh, they would have those matches in the middle of the card. Yeah, like right they before would, intermission. They would do them right before intermission, and they that way they could uh, announce the rematch before the. Uh, so, like, go buy know, your tickets. Go buy your tickets for the rematch next month. Okay. Um, and that way, another way too. Then that way, your main event. Isn't hampered by uh, you know the time limit curfew, which is an issue for the garden, where it isn't other places. So, what was that? The curfew was for kids, right? It wasn't just like everyone had to be off the streets of New York City at like midnight. Oh no, that was just a, a garden thing. I think it was oh, a like a union uh, thing. A union thing, okay. yeah, like an eleven p.m. curfew, which they would use occasionally for. Like as a part of the show, for an ending. Like I remember, uh, there's a great, is uh, it magnificent Morocco Rocky Johnson match that goes almost like an hour, which seems like it would be torture to watch, but <laughs> it, it's actually it's actually a really good match. And they the the finishes, uh, I think Rocky's got uh, Morocco in an abdominal stretch. And uh, or a sleeper hold or something, and the and the bell rings. But it's oh. I was hoping like the something. union boss came out and was like, "All right, guys, <laughs> all right, <laughs> you guys starts, gotta get out of here." Starts breaking down the ring around, <laughs> and Don's like, "All right, I guess guess match is over." But this the alley fight match. I was not the last match on the card, though. There was, uh, I believe, it was second to last. Now, could that be so they don't run into that time limit curfew? I think so. Okay. And and the and the last match on this night is kind of a 
it was a weird six man tag with like Andre. Now this is oh other, huh? This is the one. Another interesting thing about this this night was before the show, Andre. This is where they announced Andre's uh, ankle was broken. Allegedly by Killer Khan. But okay, I was going to ask how he broke his. So Killer Khan broke Andre's ankle. Yeah, but oh. in, in actuality, I think he just tripped, got got out of bed, <laughs> and stepped up and, and, <laughs> to get a glass of water in the hotel, and just twisted yeah. his ankle. So he was supposed to be in the in the the six man tag with like the Moon Dogs, and it ended up being Lou Albano. Subbing for Moondog King and Gorilla Monsoon, subbing for Andre. That definitely so, sounds like a match he'd throw at the end of a show, if time permits. Yeah, and it was two out of three falls. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, okay. But uh, I I know this isn't the the last match because of something that happens between these two matches, which I'll go into at the end as to not to uh, spoil. Okay. So, are we? Do you want to talk about the match here now? Yeah, let's go to the match. Okay, let's do it. So, May fourth, nineteen eighty-one. Uh, the description on the video here: Pat Patterson takes on Surgeon Slaughter in an alley fight match at Madison Square Garden. This match would end up being Wrestling Observer's Match of the Year. Now, when did the Observer start? Like, I thought it was like eighty-two or eighty-three. I thought it was eighty-three, also. Okay. So perhaps he did retroactive. That's matches that of the be. year. That could be. So uh, we start out with Fink in the ring, uh, with that classic shot of the microphone hanging from. It's probably not the ceiling, right? It's like the from the lights. Yeah, are those are the rafters. Is that what the rafters, the rafters are? Okay. Is that what that? I don't know. And he he proclaims this is a no holds barred match, and from South Carolina, three hundred five pounds, Sergeant Slaughter, and so Slaughter comes out. And so Slaughter is with Wizard at this time, right? The Wiz. Yeah. He's looking pretty sharp here tonight. Yeah. He's got the sparkly hat, sparkly coat. And then uh, out comes Pat Patterson. Uh, and please describe Pat here because he uh, is he's looking sharp I, tonight. I love, he, he just jog, he's like jogs to the ring. Yeah. Like trots. He's, he's so... <laughs> He's got such swagger here, and he's got like he's got the the pair of jeans, the I love New York ringer tee, Yankees hat, yeah, cowboy boots, <laughs> and Vince and Vince Vince is eating it up. He's like, ha ha ha, go get him, Pat, go get him, brother. Yeah, Pat um, looks just perfect for this. Awesome. For this, throws match. his throws his hat to the crowd. Yeah, uh, he didn't dress like this all the time, did he? No. Well. I, 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 not on TV. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So this the bell rings and these two just go. They charge each other. Pat charges Sarge. They're throwing punches back and forth. Uh, uh, Pat kicks a Sarge in the gut and uh, Sarge goes down. So these two just you know, right out of the gate are going at going at each other here. Um, I. That's one of the things I like about this match is like the first match, you know, there were some there was some wrestling going on. Okay. No no such not in this match. No. They just they just ride at it. Just yeah. punches and kicks, punches and kicks, and I love uh 
uh, people crap on Vince McMahon on commentary, but I, I, I like him on commentary during this era a lot. Mm-hmm. Like he, he makes such a, a big deal about Slaughter's combat boots and Patterson's combat boots. Yeah. And how much, how much, how much those kicks hurt. <laughs> and, and they're, and they're both really, especially Slaughter really, really selling the kicks. Yeah. And, and, it's it's really 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 great, um, and like it's not even a minute into this match, and Patterson somehow slaughters on like the announce table already. Yeah, and it's you know he's kicking him on the announce table, and Vince and whoever the guy is next to Vince are standing up and grabbing their sodas, and <laughs> it's already just complete chaos. It's like not even a minute into the match. So. I want to ask you about Sergeant Slaughter. So my perspective as someone who's a few years younger than you, like my frame of reference for him is G.I. Joe. So you knew of him before G.I. Joe, and you knew of him as like a bad guy, you know, bloody, violent. So like when Sarge went and did that in like late 84, 85, like was that weird to see like this guy that you knew as like this brutal, like he'll go on to become like a cartoon character. Hmm. No. It, no, it it didn't, it didn't, it didn't bother me. What, uh, because even, even when he was a heel, he was, he was still, uh, especially early, 84 even a few months before the the full-on yeah turn he was he was getting he was starting to get cheered okay which you know this is sort of the same thing that happened with uh with snooker yeah yeah when snooker was a heel and he was just getting he was having matches with backland and uh they were booing backland and cheering snooker which was not supposed to happen so so if if sarge would have stuck around and like into 85 do you think that would have affected hogan and his rise to popularity that's a fascinating question um i don't think it would have hurt hogan no i think hogan would have been hogan would have, uh regardless it wouldn't have uh yeah. it wouldn't have it wouldn't have hurt him at all um i i'm curious as to what would like how the dynamic of like a WWF show and a card, like if you had Hogan and then you had Sarge and you had uh, like a stable like Jimmy Snuka, like how all of that would have played out if like you had that like deck of cards, you know, with those players. I, I, it's it's interesting too because at this at that time they're running they're running a lot of times three shows yeah in, in three different towns so it. it I guess that's part of the reason why I don't think it would have affected Hogan because back then you would have, you'd have Hogan doing his, his program with whoever. Yeah. Uh, they'd have like a, you know, Piper Snooka thing happening somewhere. So WrestleMania one, you have Sergeant Slaughter where, what, what's the match? Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a big, that's, that's the big question. I don't know where he would fit in. Um, cause they'd already more or less, blown off the chic thing. That's interesting. You don't know what he would, what what where he would be. 
would he be with against Volkov? Blue Demon. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a it's an interesting what if. And like I always just wonder because he wasn't there until WrestleMania seven. <laughs> yeah. Is that his first wrestle? The Hogan one? Uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And that's you know a whole nother. That's a different time period. Yeah, no, 19, this, this, this Sarge, like 1980 to 84 Sarge is, wow, like, but very underrated. And unfortunately, like you're saying, a lot of it, when people remember Sarge Slaughter, they think of the G.I. Joe and the, and the cartoon, the yeah. 80s WWF cartoon stuff. Yeah, 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 that's definitely but, how it is for me. Um, but he's just, uh, just a fantastic, fantastic in-ring and great, great promos, great in-ring, great great everything. Yeah, so they get back in the, the ring here. And uh, Patterson, he, he pulls out his belt from his Out of the belts. And uh, he's whipping Sarge. He's whipping him with that belt, chokes him with the belt. He's got him up against the ropes. And there's just this, like, constant, like, low roar from the crowd the whole whole match. The crowd is nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Like, match. They are. Yeah, yeah, it's just just this constant roar coming from the crowd. It's, it was great. Like everyone just was just behind Patterson here. Yeah, and you get just people standing up, and you get people standing up and jumping and, and yelling. It's great. Um, I don't know if there's a, a quality-wise. I don't know if there's great quality footage of this out there. Yeah, there may be something on a Coliseum video one, but if you, even if you go back and watch the the match from the month before on the network, you could just see how into into that match people are there. Even yeah, and this one is this one just seems even more insane. Yeah, so uh, Sarge eventually here reverses and gets out of that 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 choke with the belt and wraps the belt himself around. Patterson's face and like in his mouth, yeah. Which great visual, like yes, great visual. And then Sarge rips off the "I Love New York" shirt, you know, which was great. And he starts choking him with that. Yeah. And Vince reminds everyone: no submission, no count out, no DQ in this match. Uh, So where do we go from here in the match? Is this uh, at some point? Patterson's over the top, yeah, and whipping, whipping Sarge again. Uh, lots of choking, lots of eye raking. Uh, Can't stop this match, Vince. No, proclaims after Sarge, he just starts bleeding profusely after Pat. Uh, uh, throws Sarge into the ring post and uh, and just busts Sarge open. Oh yeah. And uh, Pat starts throwing more punches here. No mercy at all on Sergeant Slaughter. Vince says, and and Sarge's face just just pouring blood, pouring out. It's blood. a it's a real. <laughs> it's like it's a, a real, horror show. It's it's a real 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 gusher. Yeah yeah yeah. Vince I think says. He's lost a quart of blood. It's a lot of blood. It's a lot of blood. It's pouring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pouring. And they do they do a, a few close ups and it's you can it's just dripping. 
yeah. it's, it's bad. It's Both bad. guys are like wobbly, like throwing punches, haymakers, yeah. you know, missing, yes. and they're trying to stay on their feet. And then Pat throws Sarge into the ring post one more time and then uh, takes off his boot, his cowboy boot, oh, yeah. and uh, hits him one time, two times, three times. I think he hit him five times. And then yeah. finally, why don't you, t- you describe the end here? The wizard gets up on the ring apron. I mean, the Grand Wizard, you see him sprinting. Yeah. The I've never seen the Grand Wizard run. <laughs> sprinting. Yeah, yeah. Dim, diminutive, shiny man sprinting towards the ring. Uh, and he attempts to throw the towel in, but one of the, the MSG ring attendants sort of like just puts his arm out and is like, no, what are you doing? Yeah, he wasn't. Like, like, he, like he, doesn't know what's, he doesn't know what's happening or if that's supposed to. And then... The wizard does it again, and it gets stuck yeah. <laughs> on the top rope. And finally, he gets he gets it he gets it in the in the ring yeah. uh, on a third attempt. Um, but they're not stopping. Yeah. <laughs> they're still just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And finally, the ref Gilberto Roman uh, makes his way to the ring. Okay. He's one of, my, one of he's one of my favorite referees from this time period. Yeah. A little little short guy. Okay. Um, and he waves the towel around and he signals for the bell and raises Patterson's hand. The crowd is going absolutely bonkers. Yeah. Pat's jumping so, up and down with the towel. So, he's holding the towel. Yeah. Slaughter is soaked in his own blood. <laughs> he's a a disgusting, bloody. Yeah, messy. Barely looks like a recognizably human figure. No, he's, he looks. He's a mess, and he yeah. can barely stand. He's in the corner, and his knees are buckling, and he's trying to. But he's but he still wants to fight. He's still got his hands up, and the the wizard is trying to pull him out of the ring, bring him back to the locker room, and Slaughter's still like, oh, I want to go. Uh, <laughs> but eventually, you know, they, him and him and the Wiz go back and you can see they have the camera following them back to the dressing room and slaughter stumbling and the whizzes, you know, and people are, they're getting pelted with garbage and, uh, they make it, they make it back. And then it's Finkel, Finkel, our friend Howard Finkel comes back four minutes, 15, 14 minutes, rather 15 seconds. Pat Patterson is our winner. Yeah. Great match. So happy. I finally watched this. One of my favorites, and I watched when I watched this. I watched the entire card, and of note, um, I, it's usually cut off in most of the, the the clips. Is they come back from the commercial, Patterson is still in the ring, still in the ring, celebrating with the towel. Yeah, and crowd is still going nuts, still going crazy, and he's just going. He's doing like his equivalent of the Hogan pose, just going around <laughs> waving his towel, just celebrating. And crowd Pat is Mania going, is running wild. Pat, Pat Mania. Yeah. And the crowd is going crazy. Um, and they would do this weird thing at a lot of these MSG broadcasts um, on HBO or the USA Network or the MSG Network where there would just be silence. You know, Vince would be like, well, now pause for station identification. And yeah. there were just silence and nothing happening for two or three minutes. And these three guys come in the ring with towels and are just oh, toweling oh, up Jesus. like slaughter's blood from like four different spots on the mat. 
and there's one guy who's just got like a towel and he's wrapping around the ropes, just like, <laughs> <laughs> like soaking the blood off of the ropes, just like three guys with like random, random bath towels. Yeah, you know, I know like people wish there was still there there was more blood wrestling, but you know, hearing that and the visuals of Sarge, like it's not such a bad thing that we've reduced the amount of bloodshed and wrestling. Yeah. It's it's really Yeah, I that I mean, just I feel so much so sad for those guys who have to go out just like mop up Sarge and Slaughter's blood off of the mat. Yeah, they didn't even have mops. No mops. No. Just just a towel. No. No no gloves or anything, just 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 with a towel. Yeah. Um but you know, they didn't what was great about this and why this was so effective is um Sarge didn't do this all the time. Yeah. You know. It didn't it didn't happen. He had you know, he would do it for matches like this. Um and that you know, in this match versus the match before, this match he's taking all those turnbuckle shots, you know, and he would Pat would run him into the turnbuckle. Yeah. Instead of just going into the top turnbuckle, he would go over into the post. Yeah, yeah. Like for almost every turnbuckle bump that he took. Yeah, those that and those look great too. Yeah. He's and another great slaughter bump that he would do. He didn't do it in this one. I think he does does it in the uh the boot camp match where he does that crazy bump into the corner mm-hmm. where he flies over out of the ring over the top turnbuckle. Yeah. Which is an insane thing for a man of his size <laughs> to do. And so impressive. And it's an, another thing about slaughter is he's a really big, big guy. Yeah. But he moved around. Yeah. And he, ne- well. and he never really, maybe they did it a little in mid Atlantic. Um, but in the WWF, you never, they never really made a big deal about him being so big. Yeah. Like when you had him in there with like an Andre, uh, or even Hogan later, he didn't look, he wasn't dwarfed. Yeah. You know, he was able to get in there and he's just a really, really big guy. And it's very agile for these, these, the pre GI Joe years, he was mm-hmm. able to, to do it but once he got that gi joe money <laughs> he, he, he uh he yeah. slowed down yes and he put on some put on some pounds too i think yeah, also from he, that gi joe money yeah. <laughs> he uh he got the gi joe checks yep and realized he was set he was set he didn't need to go out there and tear up his body anymore yes GI no more money. no more top rope turnbuckle bumps no well, John, thank you for picking this match. Thank you for... Oh, thank you for, for talking about it with yeah. Ned. Um, one of the other things we were going to do, uh, I said I wanted to talk about new school wrestling because I don't get to do that much. Um, and uh, I said I wanted to watch Impact on <laughs> the GWN app. Well, we didn't have time to actually get through that, but in the future, this might be when we review Impact, which might seem ridiculous to people. But, like, so the GWN app, the... Impact, uh, uh, like, app you can get for your phone or your smart TV is free, and they have, like, it's not, like, the most recent episode. It's, like, two or three weeks old, and, like, uh, I'll occasionally sit down and watch 
the new impact with uh, 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 who, who, who Don Callis is a commentator. I think he's one of the bookers. And like, oh, I, actually, okay. I, I actually kind of enjoy impact now because it's like this hodgepodge of like random guys from the Indies. And uh, so maybe in the future we'll do a, a review of impact TV. Will you do that with me sometime soon? I will. I've got the app downloaded. Okay. Um, like I, I started watching, I think it, the most recent one currently, it's the one after Thanksgiving and there was a tag team match with like the Lucha Bros, which is, uh, oh, yeah. uh, Penta and, and Phoenix and Phoenix versus yeah. Willie Mack and Rich Swan. And I it's love just Willie like, Mack. Oh, I've loved Willie Mack for years He's and I was I so his. happy to see him on TV. So this is why I kind of want to watch impact now on a regular basis. Because there's just this random uh, selection of guys from, you know, all over the country, all over the world. And uh, it seems to be a semi-decent TV show now. So um, maybe we'll do more of that in the future. Yeah, I saw, I watched, I think, the first half of that show. And then okay. the, the app, I had some app, some app trouble. Okay, <laughs> I don't know if Impact has a, a lot of money to hire developers for their, have to. For their app, so... There might be some bugs that we have to work through. Uh, but before we get out of here, let me, I want to ask you what, like, one of my favorite things when we talk is hearing about, like, new, like, things you've collected from eBay or whatever. So have you have you acquired anything exciting lately? I've got a couple. Uh, let me let me scoot over. I'll be right back. i got to okay. scoot over to the, the eBay corner. I'll be right back. <laughs> you've got to separate I have to go from, from Victory Corner to eBay Corner to the other side of the... Okay. OSWP Studios. Hold on, hold on. This is very exciting, everybody. What do you got for us, John? Okay. I will start by saying, before why you collect yourself, I was in downtown Chicago today, and I realized I was a... Um, about a mile and a half away from the Pro Wrestling Tea store. I'd never been. I'd driven by it before, and I was like, what the hell? I'm going to just go to the Pro Wrestling Tea store, because they have, like, a storefront you can go in now. And so on the, on the website, it says they have a storefront. It's open from, like, 10 to 5. Well, the door was locked, right? <laughs> <laughs> they did have, like, a little sticky note on the door that said, go around the corner to, like, the door to where they the other part where they design t-shirts so i walked in and they were like can we help you i was like i wanted to go to the wrestling store they're like okay hold on and then this dude from the back came out wearing like a villain club t-shirt and uh he had some like basketball shorts with like some wrestling logo on it and he went and unlocked the door for me to the wrestling store. <laughs> and uh, so I got to, uh, I went in, walked around. Every Bullet Club variation shirt you could ever want, oh. which is none for me. Yeah. Um, and then they had like a selection of other stuff. Like there was a Rock and Roll Express one. I guess they have a deal with Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, they had like hats and whatever. Uh, I ended up just, I, I was like, I'm going to buy some dumb little thing. So I bought a Tetsuo Naito micro brawler toy. 
<laughs> I don't know. Have you ever seen these micro brawler brawlers that they yeah, sell? Yeah. Okay. It's like mm, two and a half, three inches tall. And it's just this little like action figure, Naito, with uh, holding his eye open. <laughs> and that's now up on my wall. Uh, it was It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. I don't think I will ever go out of my way to go back. But it was, I can, at least now I can say I've been to Pro Sling Tees. Is it a big store? No. No, no, no. Not really. They did, they had all sorts of stuff. They had Joey Ryan socks, <laughs> which is kind of weird. Uh, I'm amazed that they were just closed. Like, it's pro, pro wrestling tees by appointment only. I mean, it's pretty much what it was, yeah. Really? Yeah, I, I'm guessing they don't get a lot of foot traffic. Huh. Maybe, unless there's like a wrestling show in town. I bet if there's like a wrestling show in town, they, they, they have somebody at the store. Uh, so what do you got? What new exciting collectibles do you have? So I have an old program uh, from January 19th, 1957. 1957? Wow. Yeah, from Laurel Garden, Newark, New Jersey. Okay. Uh is this like an NWA thing or what? What? I think this is, uh, yeah, I guess it's NWA, like pre, it's New Jersey. So yeah, pre, pre WWF. Okay. Uh, we've got, uh, interesting with the promoters, one of the promoters listed on the back is, uh, Willie Gilsenberg, who was the, uh, the figurehead president of the WWF in the, uh, 60s and 70s. Okay. Just just interesting. So we've got uh, our main event here on this program. Count Carl Von Hess versus Skull Murphy. So I've heard of Carl Von Hess, but I've not I don't know if I've heard of Skull Murphy. I'll send you a photo. Okay. Uh we've got a tag team match. Two out of three falls. Wild Man Fargo. <laughs> and Cowboy Lee. Versus Jose Perez and Charles Robinson, and no, it's not, not, not that. the referee. Not, now, not, did uh, not little Nate? Did the original owner of the program write the results on the card? No, no results. But what is interesting? There's another match. Uh, it doesn't matter. But what's interesting about this uh, this program is at the bottom, it has a little little space designated where you can write. You know, it's got a column for winners. <laughs> and winners the next, and losers. Yeah. The next column is buy holds. So you can actually write you can write in your finish. Oh. Or you can and has a you could do some like column. fantasy booking too. You could do that. Yeah. But this is a very nice uh and it's 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 red and green. So it's very Christmassy, so I think that's uh that's yeah. part of the appeal too. It's very Christmassy. So I've got that. Um a copy of Wrestling Review. I've got like one issue of that somewhere. What's the, who's, who's on the cover? Um, a masked wrestler. I do not know who it is. Okay. This is a very weird cover. I got it because it's it's uh, it says the Madman from Iran. That's what it says on the cover, and it's, it's about the Iron Sheik. Okay. Uh, it's from December nineteen seventy nine. So this is uh, some some young 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 Sheik. Yeah. Um, and some young Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase, a young Matt man on the move. 
got some nice photos of Ted <laughs> with, the, with the North American heavyweight title. Um, so, so. Are, do you have any uh, eBay watches out there right now that you're trying, uh, things you're trying to find? Um, I don't have anything right now that I'm trying to find. Okay. I have, I have recurring searches that I go through all the time. Yeah. We, we could get into those in a moment. Um, I have a couple other programs that I got from WWF TV tapings, um, which are kind of fun. I've got one of them, uh, it's actually from May 11th, 1983, hmm. which is notable because May 10th, 1983 is, uh, the day that, uh, Nancy Argentino Oh. Died, died mysteriously. Okay, so this is the day after, the day after uh, her death. Okay, Snuka is not on this card. <laughs> interesting. He's all over the all over the program. Yeah, but I feel like you're holding a critical clue for yeah. the case. It's it's really funny on on the not funny but uh, on the on the cover. Yeah, of this program is Pat Patterson. Rocky Johnson and Jimmy Snuka, and it's the good guys of professional wrestling. <laughs> they need the red X on Jimmy Snuka. Yeah, um, and I've got a, a copy of Wrestling All Stars from December '83. Uh, wrestling All Stars is one of those like third tier, sort of not after magazines, but oh uh, yeah, yeah, one of those ones like. Uh, what are like uh, what are the other ones? Uh, wrestling scene, okay. Like, like those, but those are, they always had like very cool. Uh, you know, they always had like a like twelve color photos in the middle of the yeah. magazine. And this has a a cool blackjack mulligan one, and uh, a little tiger mask and Jimmy Garvin sunshine. A little Tommy Rich, a little, your friend Kevin Von Erich is in there. Yeah, and Sarge. Um, another cool. copy of Wrestling Review. Uh, this is cool from June 1980. Okay. And cover story on this one Top Secret Exposed Backlund Loses WWF Title. Oh. Uh, which is one of the only times I've seen this in print of them referring to the Backlund uh, Inoki. Pinning Backlund in Japan. And there's a little, uh, just a one-page article about that. So that was in Wrestling Review. Yep. Okay. June 1980. So okay. that, that that was me. Uh, that's why I wanted to get this one because I've never seen that in a magazine before. Okay. And the last one. This is my favorite one. Okay. Um. One of my obsessions is the. Uh, I'm fascinated with the the pre pre Vince Jr. like the, the, the pre Titan Sports the the Capital Wrestling yeah. era um, and all the different people involved in that like Vince Senior even like uh, Phil Zacco all the promoters and especially uh, Toots Mond like the uh, the guy yeah. from way back. Um, and I've I've got a uh, found a photo of uh, 
Toots here. And it's from 1937. Ooh. And this is from the photo. I've got a letter of authenticity. <laughs> from from uh, who? From, it's, this is from the Stanley Weston okay. uh, collection. Stanley Weston was actually the, the guy behind uh, the Aftermags. Like, Stanley Weston was yeah, the Yeah, yeah. I thought that name sounded familiar. Like he, he was the, 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 the guy. Yeah. Uh, and I guess this is one of his, part of his estate. Um, it's a huge 11 by 14 photo of Toots Mont in a, in a cowboy hat. So you own a, an 11 by 14 photo of Toots Mont? Yes, and okay. this photo is inscribed to boxer Jack Dempsey. Oh. So are you going to frame this? Are you going to put this up on your wall? <sighs> probably not. Probably not. Okay. It's probably just going to probably just going to go in the in the book and sit there and I'll look <laughs> at it. I'll look at it once a month. Okay. Um but since yeah, it's to my friend Jack Dempsey. A rare personality. That's beautiful. One of which I've never met before. <laughs> and never expect to meet again. Yeah. Best of everything, Jack. Sincerely yours, Joe Tootsmond. The Colonado Cowboy. March 17th, 1937. So That's this, so is, uh, this, is, this is one of my favorites. Yeah. Every so, so you were going to tell me about some of your safety eBay searches. Oh yes, let's well, let me, let's get the phone. Let me get the phone. Let's see what I have. Or do you want to hold? Do you want to hold these cards close to your chest so nobody else snaps up your eBay searches? If it's something that I uh, that I that I'm worried about, I will keep it to myself. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, I have a geek mania. Uh, Geek Mania was sort of a, I think it was like a, a Fred Blassie fan club thing. Okay. okay. And it included like clippings and it was very limited, like a hundred or 150s made, um, had his record, a bunch of other Fred Blassie stuff. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if it's Geek Mania or Geek Mania. So I, of course I searched for both. Yeah. Um, I have a record there that I don't want to talk about because okay. I want it, and I don't want anyone else to have it. Once yeah. I have it, You'll once I everybody. have it, I'll tell everybody. Okay. Um, now, without telling me what it is, is this hard to get? Do you feel like you're going to be waiting a while? Yes, I have been, and I will continue to be. Okay. <laughs> um, Allentown Agricultural Hall is where the WWF held TV tapings yeah. for many, many years. So... I searched specifically for that venue because you, you get some interesting results, hmm. and that's where I that's where I found the program with the uh, the one from the uh, with the snooker. Yeah, the snooker stuff. Um, capital wrestling. I always search for capital wrestling. Anything from that that era. Yeah, I like to find out about uh, carnation wrestling. What is that? Carnation. If I if you're into uh, you know, trading cards. Yeah, the carnation set is oh, a nice okay. is a nice set. So yeah, I like to uh, four horsemen performance. You're looking for the vitamins. Yes. <laughs> Have you ever seen them on eBay? No. 
Okay. But I, it's, I still, uh, looking for that. Uh, I have the grand wizard wrestling because I love the grand wizard. Yeah. Um, and I have Hamburg Fieldhouse, which is another WWF TV taping location, which I get a lot of yeah. interesting results from that. Um, Jerry Lawler sings. What is, what is that? Are you looking for like records? He's got a, yeah. I want Jerry Lawler's record. Okay. I don't have it. Okay. Good luck with that. So I want that. Um, Phil Zacco he's an old promoter yeah Uh, he's like a short little fat guy Uh, he's a Philadelphia promoter okay that was Max's question where did he promote Um, he he was actually interesting WWF history he was one of the guys when Vince uh, bought the territory from his dad Phil Zacco was one of the guys along with Monsoon yeah, and Arnold, Arnold Skoland, who had a controlling interest. So, okay. Um, Rax Wrestling, R A X Wrestling, um, another trading card thing. Rax Roast Beef. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a, uh, some Memphis trading cards. Yeah, I, that sounds vaguely familiar. The, this last weekend, I passed up. I almost bought. AAW put together a trading card set, the promotion out of Chicago, for this. Uh, they had like a tournament a couple months ago, and they had like trading cards, like uh, collections. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I almost bought it. I didn't. <laughs> I wish, now I kind of wish I did because I love trading cards. Like Yes. Like, that's a unique collectible that yep. you can sort of keep forever. And, you know, t shirts wear out and stuff like that. So. Not trading cards. Not trading cards. Okay. What else do I have here? Um, Steamboat Jim. So basically, Ricky <laughs> Ricky Steamboat yeah. owned a gym in Charlotte. North, yeah, North Carolina. Charlotte. Doesn't Meltzer so, have a t-shirt or like a sweatshirt of like the gym? Yeah, so I'm 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 looking for either a Steamboat Jim shirt. <laughs> okay. Or or stationary from the gym. I'm really into stationary. Yeah, that would be wrestling. Great wrestling stationary is another one. Like any old envelopes. That's a that's a bit that's a big thing for me. What stationary have you gotten? Um, what do I have? Let me go to the let me go to the stationary uh, stationary box okay. in the in the stationary stationary okay. corner. This is the third corner. Luckily, this room's an octagon, so there's uh, more than three corners. Do you have like loot, like a Luthez notepad, like from the desk of Luthez? Digging deep. It's a lot of stationery. Okay, back to the stationery corner. Here we go. Uh, I've got some stationery from uh, Greater St. Louis Wrestling Enterprises. Oh, like Sam Mushnick, like uh, 
This is like post uh, Mushnick. This is uh, Larry Matisic. They recently okay. departed Larry Matisic. Yeah. His his promotion that he did. Um, about that. Uh, a weird envelope from the Farmer Burns Omaha <laughs> School of Wrestling. Okay. Um, and I've got other stuff in this too. And it's it's basically like it was like a. Uh, you know the, the Charles Atlas things from the yeah the 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 the, uh, the comic books. This was essentially like his version of that. Learn how to wrestle. So it's a packet. It's like a fitness packet, and yeah, you know, order boots and you know tights and everything from him. Okay, so this is it's a fun little fun little package. Uh, well, the the Randy Savage stuff and the Papo oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. We've been over, we've been over that. Yeah. Um, that stuff. Um, an envelope from the Twin City Sporting Club of Camden, New Jersey, which uh, is one of the very early uh, wrestling sort of newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um. What what year is that from? That's what I'm looking for now. 1935. Good lord. <laughs> Who's Who in Wrestling by Joe Valentine. Okay. So. Cool. I've got that. Um, oh, I've got a, a label for Vern Gagne's Dynapower. Is that the ad that they had on the WWE Network? Yeah, I have an oh, actual. Oh, man. Yeah. So super weird. Yeah. And it's got the, it's got the ingredients too. So we could actually, you know, if we felt like each, <laughs> ma- each making a batch of this. Okay. Drinking it. Okay. And recording a show that, that could be a thing. Sounds like that could be a thing we could content. do. Yeah. yeah. And I live next to the hospital, so it's fine. <laughs> okay. It's good fine. to know. Uh, I've got an envelope here. Uh, this guy from. Oh, this is a good, a good New York one. Wrestling, Madison Square Garden, Eighth Avenue and Forty Ninth Street, New York City. Walter Johnston, promoter. Uh, and it's an envelope addressed to Ira Seabacher, sports editor of the Morning Telegraph. Postmarked July sixty four. Yeah. So, I. Uh, and I've got an envelope from Johnny Valentine's School of Wrestling. It's another, another, uh, just an empty envelope, or is there something in it? Empty envelope. Okay. I don't think we want to know what was in that envelope, knowing <laughs> what we know about Johnny Valentine. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, those are the highlights. There's yeah. Some, well, uh, we'll dig into that some more later. Oh yes. But uh, I I had a great time, John, for our first. Me too. Episode me too. Me too. What did we call this thing? Victory Corner. Victory Corner. Victory Corner. I think that's I think that's gonna stick. Um, any anything else you want to say about Sergeant Slaughter or Pat Patterson or I, stationary or whatever? No, station, stationary. I'll keep those thoughts to myself. That's I don't think okay. there's a lot of going to be a lot of people interested in the yeah. stationary. But yeah, yeah. Slaughter, the Slaughter Patterson match. I if, if you haven't seen it, um, even if you don't go through the whole build up just watch the match it's yeah. it's you, you can appreciate it and enjoy it 
as a standalone thing. Yeah. Um, if you if you can find the weekly TV or just the build up or even the Rick McGraw angle and the Patterson angle leading up to it, that's great. Okay. I, it's, it's a it's 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 a great angle uh, in terms of WWF TV for this era because it really is. It's more like something that you would see in, on Memphis TV than you would see. Yeah on the WWF. And I guess what it makes sense when you, when people talk about it being a proto hardcore, uh, hardcore wrestling match, like, I, I, it almost makes sense because people all, will often talk about Memphis being very influential to the, yeah, there was an article on WWE.com about this match and they were like, it was, it was the first extreme match. I think it was like an article leading up to like some extreme rules pay-per-view a couple uh-huh. years ago or something like that. Um, but yeah, I had a good time watching that. Yeah, we so we don't have like a website or anything, so you can't tell everybody to go to website. Um, uh, thanks to the Old School Wrestling Podcast for uh, yes. letting, letting, us, letting us use their studio. Uh, Black I, spilled and Dre. My, I spilled my tea in the office, guys. I'm sorry. Well, I'll clean it up. Okay. So, um, so for John, this is Owen. We should play some music. Okay. There'll be music here. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time whenever we do this again. So, yes. Bye. Bye. Way back when in 67, I was a dandy. So young and wheeling Moved down to Scottsdale Where the hell am I? Hey, 19 We can't dance together We can't talk at all Please take me along when you